The New Ghost Stories podcast is supported by Horrified, the website that celebrates and champions British horror, covering films, television, books, fiction and more. You can visit Horrified at horrifiedmagazine.co.uk and find them on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at horrifiedmag. How well do you know your neighbours? When was the last time you spoke to them? Do you even know their names? There was a time when we lived in tight-knit communities, when we knew and depended on our neighbours. They were part of our social circle, essential for our survival. We needed each other. In any crisis, they might be our first port of call. But times changed. Trains and motor vehicles made it easier for us to leave our communities. Telephones made it easier to talk with anyone, anywhere, anytime. Radio and television brought our entertainments indoors. Social media took our communities online. And while technology changed, so did the homes we lived in. Our population grew, our cities expanded. We needed more housing, so we built our homes up high. We took our existing houses and cut them up into smaller ones. Our neighbours were now above us, below us. We could hear them through the walls, from the ceiling, beneath our feet. We took pains to shut them out, close our curtains, turn up the volume, ignore the voices, pretend like they weren't even there. We don't know them, and they don't know us. We don't need them, we know so little about them. If we were in a crisis, we'd never turn to them, and they would never turn to us. We have never lived so close together, and yet we have never been so far apart. My name is David Paul Nixon, and this is the New Ghost Stories podcast where we delve into the new Ghost Stories archive to hear witness accounts of the supernatural. Stories that could be delusions, lies, fantasies, or perhaps even the real thing. Just don't make your mind up until you've listened. So believe it or not, we've now reached one whole year of the new Ghost Stories podcast. And this episode will sort of be our season one finale, I say sort of because the podcast isn't really going anywhere. Season 2 will be along later in the summer, and in the meantime I'll still be uploading some special episodes to fill the void. First it will be the new bonus episode, promised during the last podcast. Thanks to everyone who went over to my Twitter to place a vote. I'm sure I'll get around to doing the stories that missed out at some point anyway, but the vote swayed heavily towards another simian-themed supernatural story. Now that story will be going live in a couple of weeks in the middle of the month. And that leads me towards an important announcement. In future, all episodes of the podcast will now come out in the middle of the month, rather than at the end. So our bonus episode will go out on the 15th of June, and the next one after that on the 15th of July, and so on. July's episode will be one of my new ghost story shorts, with the plan being that normal service, i.e. season 2, will begin in August. But things could be delayed. It will all depend on progress for New Ghost Stories Volume 3. Things may get pushed back to September. It'll just depend on how well the work is going. I posted an update on Substat recently about progress with the new book. It hasn't been going to plan, but hopefully the result of that will be a better, stronger collection of stories. You can read more about that at davidpaulnixon at substack.com. Now that we've gone through all the updates, it's time to talk about today's story. 
we will in a sense be ending season one with a bang. And like our last episode, which was an extended gothic tale in the Scottish Highlands, this episode is a short, sharp shock based in our crowded capital city. It's a story about a woman experiencing real loneliness and isolation for the first time. It would seem that that loneliness would be an obvious factor in causing her supernatural experience. The question, as ever, is whether the right conditions were created, because of her troubled mental state, to allow her to make contact with a spirit, or whether it was simply a delusion caused by a part of her that was crying out for help. I always visit the locations I write about in New Ghost Stories. At least, I used to before lockdown. While I'm conscious about poking my nose into the affairs of people who have nothing to do with my investigation, I have made quiet inquiries about the flat that features in this story. To my knowledge, there have been no other reported supernatural experiences at this address. The flat was occupied when I first investigated the case. It is still occupied today suggesting to me that this was an individual experience rather than a recurring one. What is real and what is not will be for you again to decide. This is another case where one story teases another, a story that remains hidden and will likely never be known. A reminder once again that if you're enjoying the podcast, it'd be great if you could support it by sharing, liking, subscribing or reviewing it on any platform. It really does make a big difference. Thanks for listening to the new Ghost Stories podcast, Season 1. Long live season two, and we will now begin case number 100, Noisy Neighbour. The following story has been shared under an agreement that respects the right of the subject to remain anonymous. Certain names, dates and locations have been changed to protect that anonymity. Events that feature in this story may be part of the public record. If you believe you recognise any of the places, people or events that feature in this story, I ask that you not reveal any knowledge or information publicly out of respect for the subject's right to remain anonymous. And just to let you know, the narrator of this story is female. I'd just come out of this bad relationship, and now that I was over 30, I was starting to sort of take stock of things. And it had occurred to me that really, ever since I'd started dating when I was 15, I'd spent almost no time being single. I'd just moved from one relationship to another. I hadn't wanted it to be like that, but I'm a people person, so I meet a lot of people socially and in my job. And I don't mean this to sound kind of arrogant, but I, I've never had that much trouble getting attention from guys. I look after myself. I, I take care of myself. But I was starting to think that maybe I hadn't been very smart with my choices. I would just sort of slip into relationships with guys I found attractive, guys who I found interesting. And then when those relationships didn't go anywhere, I'd be disappointed and think, Oh well, that's just how things go. Now, as I've gotten older, I've started to want more and demand more. And those relationships started to become too casual for me. I wanted something from the guys I dated. But the way I started those relationships, and the way that I chose those guys to go out with didn't change. So I was doing all the same things, but expecting different results. Essence of madness, right? So I thought it was time to actually settle down and think about exactly what it was that I wanted. I'd just broken up with this guy, Dan. We'd been going out for, I guess, eight, nine months, something like that. And I was pressuring him to make a commitment to settle down with me, and he just wasn't getting it. Now, this was new for me because usually it's the other way around. It was usually the guys who wanted me to be more serious with them. 
But Dan didn't want to be tied down or whatever. He's a bit immature, a bit younger than me, you know, whatever. It wasn't meant to be. So I started to think, okay, what is it that I'm really looking for? What is it that I want? Am I really going to find the guy of my dreams in some bar, some party? Are these the kinds of guys I want to spend the rest of my life with? I needed to start taking myself and my future seriously. I'm not getting any younger, right? I look pretty good, but it's not like I'm a teenager anymore. So one of the first things I thought about doing was getting my own place. Stop living in these crummy house shares. Get my own space. It didn't cost so much to rent a room, but I wasn't saving any money because I was going out all the time. And I thought it'd be nice to have a place where I wasn't always waiting to get in the bathroom or trying to find clean plates and stuff. My friends thought I'd never do it. They'd say to me, Katie, there's no way you can live alone. It's if I can't look after myself. They'd say to me that I talk too much, but hey, I've still got Facebook, right? It was bad at first, yeah. I was used to people being around. I like interaction. I like being with people. I'm in event planning, socialising, being with people is my thing. So as soon as I moved in, I was like, Katie, have you made a mistake? Are you crazy? You can't do this. But I was also like, no, this is what it's about. Making choices. Making decisions about what you want. What I really want. Not just going with the flow. Going with the crowd. This is about me and me living for me. Why did I move into that place, though? That neighbourhood. Well, I'll tell you why. It was it was what I could afford. It was cheapish for the city. And I didn't think it was that bad. But you know what? When I saw the place, it was dark. It was winter. It's dark at like 5pm. It's not that there was anything wrong with the flat. Not at first, anyway. It's just that there were like kids and gangs in the street. Cars racing by at midnight. And then like two weeks after I moved in. There was someone stabbed to death just a few streets away. Seriously. And I could see these guys eyeing me up, whistling at me. Used to that sort of thing, sure. But I was out here on my own, away from my friends, so I was feeling, you know, kind of vulnerable. I kept trying to drag my friends over to see me. We had this wicked housewarming party. My God, that got so messy, it was amazing. But London's London and people stick to their areas, their zones. And I was a bit out in the suburbs. So I was starting to think that maybe I'd made the wrong choice. I mean, that's me, impulsive. New me was still quite a lot like old me. Making snap choices and just going with it. Yeah, there were good things too. Nobody leaving little notes for me to tell me to wash up or arguing about putting the heating on. And it was good for me not to be out all the time because... I did need to start saving money for my future. That's what this was all about, right? Sorting myself out for my future. It was lonely, though. Yeah. And so quiet. I was starting to use online dating to meet guys. And I was meeting with friends, but it was hard. That part when you go home alone to be by yourself and there's no one there. And if there's these gangs and hoodies around the streets... It's a bit intimidating to be by yourself. I was talking about this to my friend Susie and she said to me, What are your neighbours like? I hadn't thought about it till then, but I didn't know who my neighbours were. 
I'd seen people come and go in the houses either side of me, but I never set eyes on my neighbour upstairs, the person I shared the building with. We shared a corridor downstairs, but I never saw anyone in there. I was starting to think no one lived upstairs. No one ever seemed to collect the mail. But there was so much junk, piles of old letters. There's probably like hundreds of people still getting mail there. I was sure I'd heard someone, though. I'd like heard these footsteps. It could have just been the house. It wasn't new. But I thought I'd maybe heard people moving around upstairs. So there was this one Saturday night. Normally I'd be going out, but I was staying in. I decided to order pizza, treat myself. So I went into the hall to look through the junk mail, find some pizza leaflets. The hall was dark. There's only a light switch by the front door. And it's on a timer, so it goes off after like a minute. I'm heading to the light when I hear there's someone up there. I'm surprised. I spin around and I can see there's someone walking up the stairs. I'd never heard anyone come in. But I suppose I never heard anyone come in because because I wasn't sure anyone lived up there. There's this guy. I was sure it was a guy walking up the stairs. He's a big guy, hefty, dressed in black. I shout to him. I'm like, hey, hello. I think he stopped a moment, but then just carried on upstairs. I didn't know if he heard me or not, or if he was just being rude, but I went to the light switch and turned it on. But he was gone. I thought maybe I'd just seen something in the dark. But then I heard the upstairs door slam shut, so there was definitely someone living up there. I was annoyed. Maybe he didn't hear me. Perhaps he had headphones. But the way that door slammed, it sounded like he was some dick who didn't want to talk to me. I only wanted to be neighbourly, be nice. I was hoping we could be friends. That there'd at least be someone close by I could call on if I needed something, or if I was in trouble. Instead, there was just this fat jerk living upstairs. And there were more reasons to hate him. I started hearing his music, rock music, heavy stuff, shit music, all grrr and screaming, just shouting, not singing. It was so loud I could hear it through the ceiling. I didn't want to make a big deal about it at first. If it was the weekend and he was laying his hair down, fine. But on weekdays when I'm going to work, no, that's not fair. I tried ignoring it. I didn't want it to become this whole thing. But after a while, it was just getting me so angry. I really hoped one of the neighbours might say something, but they didn't. Perhaps it wasn't so loud in the other buildings. I didn't really want our first conversation to be so... antagonistic. But it started to get to me, bring me down. And I started to think, well... I never heard this guy, not really. Not until I saw him on the stairs and he ignored me. Was he doing this now to annoy me? Did he hate me? Had I offended him somehow? One night it got to me so much. It was like four in the morning. I can hear it in my bedroom. I got so mad. I went into the kitchen to get a mop and I climbed up on my bed and started to bang on the ceiling. Didn't do me any good. It just went on and on and on. I just ended up going to work the next day feeling terrible, like total shit. So I wrote him a note. Not a bad note, not a mean note. I was just asking him to please turn the music down. 
I can hear it in my flat. It's keeping me up at night. I have to go to work every morning. Please, please, please keep it down. I wondered if maybe he was a bit deaf. That would explain why he hadn't said hello to me on the stairs and why his music was turned up so loud. So I push the note under his door and for a few days I can't hear anything and I think, fantastic, success, peace at last. But it didn't last, not for long at all. It was a Saturday and I'd had a date cancel on me. Not a great start. And it's midnight, I've had some wine, some haagen and then the music starts, it's louder than ever. God, I thought, what's wrong with this guy? You know, before it was at least loud, but not crazy loud. I could hear, like, the bass through the walls, and it was distracting, it was annoying, but it wasn't making the walls shake. Now I can hear everything, I can hear the guitars, the vocals. If I knew any of that slipknot goth crap, I could have probably told you who the singer was. I was so mad, I couldn't take it. I went and I marched upstairs and I banged on that guy's door. It's past midnight, for fuck's sake. It was so rude. I banged on the door and I banged again and I banged louder and louder and nothing happened. He didn't answer. He must have been ignoring me. His music was loud, but I was pounding on that door with both my hands, screaming and yelling, Turn the fucking music down! Turn it down! Turn it down! So I thought, right, I've just got to call the police. That's it. It's gone too far. I even shouted to him, telling him what I was going to do. I went downstairs and I picked up my mobile phone and I called that other number, the one that's not 999, and I said to the operator, police, please. And just as those words leave my lips, the music stops. Just like that. He heard me. He knew I was calling the police, so he chickened out and stopped. I thought, what an asshole. What a complete asshole. I swear I was mad for days just waiting for the music to start again. The whole thing totally had me on edge. I was stressed out. Then a few days later I'm heading out and I hear him coming down the stairs. As soon as I hear those footsteps, I think, right, I'm giving this guy hell. So I stand at the bottom of the stairs and shout, you've got some nerve. But instead of this big, chunky, hefty guy, there's this guy in a suit And he's young, in his twenties, curly hair, glasses. Kind of cute, actually. So for a moment I'm like, What? Who are you? You're not the same guy. I don't know what to say. He looks confused and asks me what I'm talking about. I ask him if he's the guy who lives upstairs and he says no. He's the estate agent. He's looking after the flat upstairs. The guy's moving? I ask him. For a second I'm thinking, yes, the guy's leaving me. I can get some peace. But then the guy tells me that the place has been empty for months. The last tenant moved out six months ago and the owner's been having the place refurbished. I don't know what to say to the guy. What the fuck is going on? I tell him I've been hearing loud music late at night. He starts to look worried. Says he's going to contact the landlord. He's not told him about anyone staying there. But I realise a few moments after what he's really wondering. What if someone's broken in? What if someone like an old tenant has got a key and they're letting themselves in? He doesn't say that, but I know that's what he's thinking. It would explain everything, wouldn't it? Why I was ignored on the stairs, why the music stopped when I threatened to call the police. It's probably some junkie. 
You'd have to be off your head to enjoy that shitty music. I was pretty shaken up. I was really careful about locking my door and looking out for signs that anyone else had been in and out of the building. Obviously I'm not there all the time, so I don't know really. But it seemed like whoever it was had decided not to come back because no one was there for like a couple of weeks, at least not when I was in the flat. I took out some new insurance too, just to be sure. Then one night, I think about a month after that night, when the music was really loud, I get woken up. It's like three in the morning, and the music is blaring out so unbelievably loud. I literally jump out of bed, it's so loud. I can hear the furniture shaking, the bass in the stereo is distorting, it's horrible. It's louder than any nightclub you've ever been to. I seriously could not hear myself think. I literally couldn't hear anything but this music, this horrible heavy metal shit, sound of screaming, bass so strong I can feel it pumping in my own body. I was frightened and angry. Who the hell was doing this? I wasn't going to put up with this or give them a chance this time. I was just going to call the police. I went searching for my phone, but I couldn't find it. It was so hard to think. Seriously, the music was so loud, my ears hurt. I wanted to scream. I had to go and find my phone. I went to my bedroom door, opened it up, and more sound hit me. I swear I was almost knocked back a few inches. The sound hit me that hard. And that's when I realised... This couldn't be coming from upstairs. It was coming from my flat. It was coming from my stereo. Someone had broken in. Someone was here, in the flat with me. I was so terrified. I crept into the living room not knowing what the hell I'd find. All the lights were off. I was scared to turn them on. Scared at what or who I was going to find. The living room door was open. I walked in slow. The only light was this dim blue light. It was coming from the display on my stereo, on at full blast. The living room was empty. I went up to the stereo. The music was so loud. I felt like I was walking towards an air turbine. I reached for the dial and I turned it off. The room went dark. All I could hear was my own breath. All I could feel was the beat of my heart pounding. It was all quiet. For a few seconds, nothing happened. Then the light came on. I turned and right in front of me was this goth, fat, dressed all in black and leather, spiky Mohican studded collar, white painted face, and he had a kitchen knife in his hand. I screamed. He reached out and grabbed me by the hair. He pulled me towards him. I lost my balance. He lifted the knife up. I thought he was going to kill me. He swung it around and put it to his own throat. He cut his throat from right to left. Blood poured out. He pulled me closer, dragged my face right up to the wound and held me tight, hugged me to him. The blood poured over my face in my eyes, down my throat, down my neck, across my chest. I couldn't scream. I couldn't get away. His grip was too tight. My face was covered in blood. I started to choke on it, coughed and spluttered it out. He fell down and dragged me down with him, smothered me on the floor with his fat. I couldn't get away. 
I couldn't see anything. My eyes were covered in red. I felt his grip loosen. I kicked and screamed and pushed him off me. I got to my feet. I ran. I slipped in the blood. I fell through my coffee table. My hands and arms were cut. I was bleeding too. And I ran out of the flat, screaming. I ran down the street only in my nightshirt. I was freezing cold, but I just ran and screamed and ran and screamed. Some guy saw me running down the street. I was hysterical. He was a cab driver. He took me to his cab office and called the police. The police wanted to go back to the flat with me, but I wouldn't go back in. I just couldn't go back. I told them what happened. They didn't believe me. They said they'd been inside and there was no one there. They found my shattered coffee table, but nothing else except the knife. There was blood on it, but they thought it was my blood. And they thought the blood down my shirt was all my blood from the cuts on my arms. They thought I cut myself on purpose. I went mad. I went crazy. What the hell was wrong with them? He was there. I wouldn't do that to myself. Christ. In the end, they sent me to the hospital. I was given sedatives. They then sent me to go stay with my cousin. Couldn't go back to that flat for weeks. I was too scared to. The police, they did nothing. Not a thing to help me. I didn't go back to that flat for months. I went in and there was all glass on the floor. The knife was gone. I don't know what the police did with it. I didn't stay there again. I got my things and ran out on my contract. I'm back staying with friends now. But it's not the same. They all think I've gone crazy. They don't believe me. But it did happen. I'm not making it up. It's dark shit. It's so dark and wrong and fucked up. But it happened. It absolutely happened. Thank you for listening to the New Ghost Stories podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please support the podcast by leaving a review on any platform and subscribing to hear future releases. Today's story features in the book 14 New Ghost Stories, which is available from Amazon iTunes and other book retailers. This podcast is written, presented and produced by David Paul Nixon. If you'd like to read the latest new ghost stories, visit my substack at davidpaulnixon.substack.com and you can find out more about new ghost stories at my website, newghoststories.com. To find all the latest from me, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at newghoststories. Future episodes of the New Ghost Stories podcast will arrive in the middle of each month, starting with our new bonus episode, The Monkey's Paw by W.W. Jacobs. See you then. Someone was here, in the flat with me. I was so terrified. I crept into the living room not knowing what the hell I'd find. <coughs> <coughs>